This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Business Ease Influencer Marketing Podcast with your hosts, Jamie Lieberman and Danielle Liss. Each week, we will help you unlock the secrets of influencer marketing through interviews with leading professionals and tips and tricks to help you scale your business. Sit back, grab a coffee, and let's talk all things influencer marketing. Hey there, this is Danielle. And this is Jimmy. Welcome to episode 23 of the Business Ease Influencer Marketing Podcast. We are super excited to bring you an amazing interview with Stacy Ferguson today. Jamie, I don't know about you, but Stacy is somebody that I remember from my early days of blogging. Oh yeah, I, I think as far back as I can remember. I know we've talked before about what our first blogs were, so I don't want to go back into that, but I'm really curious, Jamie, what was your first job? Danielle, before I met you... I would say that this was the best job I ever had. My first job was as a lifeguard. It was literally the greatest job ever. We... You know, I have questions and I need to know a couple of things. Um, All right. I need to build the image in my head of, can I assume this was teenage Jamie? Teenage Jamie, lifeguard Jamie, yes. Okay. Did lifeguard Jamie have to wear a red bathing suit? I did. Awesome. Yes. Did lifeguard Jamie have a cool jacket? I had the most amazing windbreaker. It had a giant, like, like the red, the white cross on the back. It said lifeguard. It was designed like it literally when you, when it rained, you just like pulled it over. It was, it was larger than me. I think it came below my knees. I love that jacket so much. That sounds amazing. The best part was the whistle. <gasps> a whistle. I had a whistle and we really did do what everyone, when you think of a lifeguard, we twirled the whistle. And we blew the whistle and people listened. And when you're 15 or 16, people usually don't listen to you. It felt good. It's a lot of power. When it rained, we went to work anyway. And we sat in the clubhouse and played card games <laughs> and got paid. So <laughs> what could be bad? It was one giant party when we were not working. It was very, it was very awesome. I miss that I like job. it. <laughs> I'm sure it'd be the same now at the age of, I'm not going to say it, but <laughs> at the age of 41, I don't know, it'd be as cool. <laughs> I like it a lot. And if you have pictures, I would really like to post one in the HQ. So I actually have a picture of a lifeguard party, but I'm not going to post that in the Oh HQ. dear. <laughs> Is there scandal in this photograph, Jamie? Uh, let's just say it's, 
Yes, there's scandal. <laughs> it's all getting real right now, folks. I'm telling you. What was your first job? I worked in the concession of a movie theater. I was the popcorn girl, essentially. Occasionally I would be, because it was a, I'm from a really small town in South Jersey. And so it was a two theater movie theater, small staff. And from time to time, I would also be the girl who opens the doors when the movie is done. And the first summer that I worked, I saw the ending, like just basically the last song of The Lion King. I think we figured it out that it was like 170 times. I I have a few questions. Okay. The first question is, do you have flashbacks when you hear that song now? (laughs) I think I still know it really, really well. Really Do you like to eat popcorn now? It is my favorite food, but never ever with butter. And I make it on the stovetop so it doesn't have that sort of yellowy aspect. (laughs) I don't even know what to call the yellow stuff. I am so excited by this because I've oddly had this conversation with our producer, Don, about movie theater popcorn. I don't even know why I have, but I have. He and I very much differ on the butter because I find the butter so disgusting in a movie theater. Like I, and he's all pro butter. I'm with you. I'm not pro butter. I want like 16 gallons of salt on it or some other type of seasoning. But I eat popcorn every single day and I make it. Most people probably think of their big giant soup pots as being something for soup. No, no, no. (laughs) Those are popcorn pots in my house. Yeah. I didn't know you ate popcorn every single day. Look what I want. All the time. All the time. And it's funny because my son will say, mommy, can I have popcorn with spice? And he means seasoned salt. Oh, that's delicious. Now I'm mm-hmm. so hungry. I know. <laughs> I feel like we need to take a break now. So I know. I, know. <laughs> I can go you know get what? a snack. Here's what we can do. Why don't I introduce Stacy and we'll jump into the interview. <laughs> <laughs> Good. And we'll let Stacy talk and just everyone can know we're having a snack while we listen. <laughs> yes. Okay. So a little bit about Stacy. If you don't know her, she is the founder of Justice Fergie Lifestyle Media, and she's a co-founder of the Be Blogalicious community and conference. She's a sought after influencer coach, media personality, digital brand strategist, content creator, and public speaker. We're so excited to talk with her. She's got a ton of great insights. So before we jump into the interview, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Hashtag Legal. Hashtag Legal is a full-service law firm specializing in influencer marketing, social media, and service professionals. We offer a wide range of services, contract review and drafting, trademark and copyright registration and monitoring, FTC advice and disclosures, and full site reviews, including drafting site terms and conditions and privacy policies. Check us out at www.hashtag-legal.com. Stacy, we are so excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Before we dive into everything that you are working on now, we thought it would be best if you tell everyone a little bit about your background because you have been in the influencer marketing space for a long time. I don't want to make you feel weird, but I would go so far as to say you've probably hit legend status. So I want to make sure people know what your background is. Uh, Listen. That is so far from the truth, but thank you. If I'm such a status, and so are you, because we've been around the same amount of time. Um, so <clears throat> let's see, my background in the space. 
I started blogging in 2006, I can't even believe it, about being a working mom and being an attorney. I had a blog called Mama Law with two friends who I had gone to law school with, and we all started having families around the same time, and we decided why not share our crazy, funny stories about motherhood on a blog. And so that was the beginning of my foray into the space. One of the things that I think so many people know you for is the Blogalicious Conference. What inspired you to create that space? Great question. We decided to create Blogalicious because at the time, and think back, you know, eight, nine, 10 years ago, there was not as much diversity on different platforms and also at different in-person blog conferences. And we wanted to create that safe space for multicultural women to connect, form a sisterhood, to learn and share resources and to meet with brands. And we thought, why not create our own space since we weren't seeing it offered in some of the other events that we attended, as amazing as they were. And so that was really the impetus for Blogalicious. We haven't looked back since. You have created such an amazing community there. Your event is one that everyone always says, Blogalicious is one of the best. So I congratulate you for kind of creating that goal and reaching it because your event has, I think, stayed at the forefront of so many people's minds. How has it changed over the years? Because obviously influencer marketing has changed. Are you doing anything new with the program? We are. And you'll appreciate this. When we started Blogalicious, influencer marketing wasn't even a term, right? Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) So the fact that we're here in 2018 um, and influencer marketing is a booming industry is a little bit surreal. And so because of that, the conference itself has evolved. We started out very much as a networking community where we would share tips and strategies for blogging. And that's still an important part of it. But over the years, we've added different components, such as focusing more on how to run a business, also how to generate media for yourself, what different revenue streams look like as an influencer, branding yourself, and kind of those 2.0 topics that weren't at front of mind, top of mind when we started, but now they're so essential to everyone creating their own media brands. I love it. What type of conference are you envisioning for this year? For this year, we're really excited. This is going to be year 10 for us. Oh, wow. Happy anniversary. Thank you. It's a little bit crazy. I can't believe it. But we wanted to shake things up a little bit. And also, over the years, and this is a good problem to have, Blogalicious has grown so that it's a big four-day conference with you know, hundreds of people and zillions of brands and all of the things happening. We wanted to see if we could take a step back, bring it back a little bit to our roots and have more intimate, engaging, high-level events. And so instead of one four-day event, we are going to be going on tour. And that's pretty exciting. It's going to be really fun. We are going to pick four cities and we're going to do one day highly experiential events in each of these cities. We're calling it the me experience. And the me is M-E, which stands for media and entrepreneurship. To your earlier question, right? We're combining those focuses or foci, goodness. Um, (laughs) So we're trying to make sure people are getting a comprehensive understanding of where their businesses need to be going forward, but also give our brand partners a very unique opportunity to dive deeper with the attendees. You know how blog conferences go, right? There's always amazing brands doing cool suites 
and sampling and events. And we were finding because we had so many who wanted to take part, everyone was getting spread kind of thin. So we thought, what if we narrowed it down to maybe three to five brands who could do so much more and give the influencers a really full experience? Look out for more details about the me experience coming soon. Um, can I just cross my fingers and say, I really hope maybe Vegas or somewhere really close is on the list and just kind of go from there. I'm not going to ask you to divulge all of your secrets, <laughs> but I just okay. put it out there. I, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. <gasps> Since you've been doing this, 10 years is amazing because unfortunately, I think in this industry is so new, like you said, we've seen so many ups and downs and changes. So the fact that you are hitting your 10 year mark is phenomenal. What do you think is the key to running a successful event? So there's a couple of things that I think everyone needs to consider when they want to host an event. And of course, everyone wants to host an event, right? And they're fun and they're impactful. And I'm a big fan of in-person events, but you have to be intentional about it like with anything else. So I actually have a little, I call it a event recipe and the different ingredients that go into it are, you have to have a defined mission. So why are you hosting the event? You shouldn't just be having an event for event's sake, right? You want to really have a purpose and you want to be meeting a need or solving a problem for your attendees. That's the first thing. The second thing is you want to have a really clear understanding of who your attendees are going to be. Who is your target audience? And it shouldn't be, oh, everyone can come. That may be the case, but really you should be marketing to and speaking to a really specific segment of the population. And the more niche you can get, the more success you will have as far as who comes out to your event. The other thing you really want to do is to pour all, all that you can into the content. At the end of the day, that's why people are coming. They want to walk away with something. They want to have some concrete takeaways. I think we're all at the point where we have event and conference burnout a little bit because we've been to all of them. We're going to be much more selective about the ones we attend. And the ones we attend are really going to deliver us that next level of content and also probably really uh, meaningful relationships and connections. So you really want to pay attention to that. And of course, you want to make sure that as the event host, as the community leader, you have a very clear standpoint, set of values and personality that is going to trickle down to create the atmosphere of the event. People always tell me they love Blogalicious because it feels like a family reunion. Um, there's no clicks. They feel welcome. Uh, you don't feel stupid if you have a question that everybody else knows the answer to. And I really think it's because I try to have that energy trickle down for me. So those are just some tips for hosting an event. Fantastic tips. And you're right. We have between myself and Jamie, I don't know what the number is for the, how many conferences we've <laughs> attended. And I agree with you. Those things are so critically important. I love the recipe just because I'm a girl who loves some rules and steps. So I also yeah. love just that format. So that's outstanding. One thing I want to ask you, and it's just more of an overall question. You've been in the space for a long time. Like we've said, what do you think has changed the most about influencer marketing in that time? Wow. I think a big thing that's changed has been because now you can be a micro influencer, right? So you can have a huge following on Instagram or a huge following on Twitter or Pinterest or Snap, whatever it is. There is this perception that you can grow and monetize overnight, which it's probably a lot easier now than it was when we started out. 
but it's still not an overnight process. The biggest change I've seen is people starting a blog, you know, today and expecting to be raking in the dough tomorrow or because they have an, a decent amount of followers on Instagram, they feel like they should be commanding a certain dollar amount for sponsored content. And I think people have to remember that it takes a lot of patience, time, and effort to get to that place. It's not going to be an overnight process, even though it looks like it is. Because social media allows us to make things look so easy. Am I right? And so I think understanding that you still have to put a little bit of elbow grease behind things is something that needs to be constantly reminded. Such great points. It's I know there's a famous quote that I can't remember right now that's about the overnight excess that took years and years. And I think that it's kind of along those lines. I want to talk a little bit about some of the work that you do with influencers because I love that you are out there offering this because I just don't think enough people are doing it and particularly with the experience that you bring to the table. So I know that one of the services that you offer is helping influencers with brand strategy. Can you give us a quick snapshot of what that means specifically for influencers and who might need help there? Perfect question. So everyone should have a brand strategy. It doesn't matter if you don't have a blog. It doesn't matter if you're not writing a book. And the reason why you need it is because it just helps you get laser focused as to why you're doing what you're doing and who you're doing it for. So I think everyone should spend time thinking about, well, what is my mission? Uh, What is my brand story? So the way that I told my story at the beginning of this podcast about how I started out blogging and it evolved into the event, which evolved into a business, that's a really key part of my brand. People love that story. For me, I'm like, it's not that big of a deal. It's just what I did. But it helps me connect with the audience or whoever it is I'm talking to. And so that's important that everyone has that. Also, you want to make sure that you know who your audience is, whether you are an influencer, whether you're a podcaster like you, right? You know who's listening. Having a clear grasp on that information helps you to tailor further content, products, services, anything that you want to offer. But you have to be very, very clear on what that is. The other thing that's important about brand strategy is that it allows you to um, create credibility, which earns you trust. And we all know that people uh, buy things from those that they know, like, and trust. And so if you have a clear brand presentation, if you're positioning yourself as a subject matter expert, then it allows people to say, hey, yes, I do want to work with Danielle. She knows what she's talking about. And I know that because she believes in this, right? She offers these kinds of things for these kinds of people. So it just helps you all around. I love that point. And I think it's especially important when we are talking about that audience trust factor, because that I think is one of the most important things in the influencer marketing space. It's no longer just about brands who remember in the olden days, I don't know when this was, maybe like seven or eight years ago, when all a brand cared about in influencer marketing was saying we were mentioned on 50 blogs. Like there was no real way to measure results. There was, it was just, we want to check off a box and say, we got mentioned on 50 places. And that has changed so much as to what the brands are looking for. So I love everything you just said there about creating that strategy for your own brand. On the side of sponsorships, because I know one thing that you also do is help influencers get better at obtaining sponsorships. Do you have tips that you can share for crafting better pitches? Oh, definitely. And you actually just touched on a really good one um, where back in the day, 
brands were only concerned about checking off the box that I was featured on a blog. So now they are much savvier and they are reporting really on data and return on investment. And so bloggers and influencers really need to understand what that looks like so that they can deliver on that. So for example, they're going to want to know very specific metrics, not only how many impressions or how many uniques you got, but what was your engagement like? That's really important for brands now. They also want to know data about your audience. So the more information you can give back to the brand about who is consuming your content, the better uh, relationship you're going to develop with them. Because that's exactly what they need in order to report back to their client to justify them investing in you. So I think I, I just really try to teach influencers that it is a business all around. They are not hiring you to create content because you're amazing. And yes, you are amazing, but they are creating it. They're hiring you at the end of the day so that they can show a return on their investment, that you're a great marketing resource for the brand. And so I want influencers to be extremely professional about it. I want you to, at the end of a campaign, create a recap report about the content you created, who consumed it, what the metrics look like, any data you can share, add in photos, add in video, and give them really a full-fledged picture as to all of the value that you generated for them. And what that's going to do is they're going to love you. They're going to want to hire you again, and you're going to be able to keep increasing your rates because you're showing them that you really are a influencer marketing professional. Really, really good points. I'm a huge spreadsheet nerd, so I am always talking about creating really amazing campaign reports and case studies, anything that you can do to prove the kind of performance that you can offer. I think that that is so key. So I love hearing that feedback from you as well. Yeah. Totally agree. In a recent episode, episode 18, we talked about masterminds and how they have benefited us, meaning me and Jamie in our business. Do you think that masterminds can help influencers grow in their business? It's been a question that we're seeing so much more of is, I think I might be interested in a mastermind, but I don't know how to go about doing it. Do you think it's something that helps? So absolutely. I think it's so important that in our business, especially, we have people that we can bounce ideas off of, that we can share information with, that we can have meltdowns with, that we can talk about our challenges and our wins with, that we can collaborate with on different projects and ideas. For me, being in a mastermind, mind is huge. They are people that I respect and that I trust and that I know feel the same way about me. So any feedback or guidance they're giving me is coming from a place of love, right? And I'm not feeling criticized or judged, but these people genuinely have my best interests at heart and I can do the same for them. So I love being a part of a mastermind and I've done so for the last probably three or so years. And I really seen an increase in my productivity and even my revenue. And also about three years ago, I launched my own mastermind for influencers who want that safe space. And they want someone who understands the industry. They want someone who has been there, done that, that can lead them. So I call it the Rockstar Influencer Program. And anyone who's interested can check it out at rockstarinfluencer.com. But I really think everyone should be in some type of mastermind group 
whether it's paid or unpaid. I love that suggestion. I've gotten so much out of it. So I really hope that it's something if people are interested, explore it. Because if you've got that sort of idea in your head that it might benefit you, it probably is. It's probably something you should have done six months ago. So (laughs) definitely take a look. So before we wrap up, you talked about the Rockstar Influencer Program. I want to make sure people know about all the services that you offer because you have so many great things that you are offering to help people really treat themselves as a business in the influencer space. Can you tell us a little bit about your programs? Oh, sure. The Rockstar Influencer Program is really centered around six pillars that I think every influencer should have as part of their brand. For those who want to just blog or create content as a passion, as a hobby, that's awesome. For those that actually want to make it a sustainable revenue stream, then I recommend they have these different components as a part of their brand. So they want to have content marketing as one of the services that they offer. They want to host events, whether virtual or live. They want to work with brands and sponsors. Um, And they also need to have what I think is really something that influencers are a little bit behind the curve on, but we're so fortunate in that we already have built-in audiences, but we really need to beef up our sales funnels. And I know that's like a scary term and not one that uh, is used a lot in our space. The minute you walk into a marketing conference, that's all you hear. And that's really just what is the customer journey? What is the journey of the person consuming your content so that you can take them from reading your amazing blog post to end up hiring you for a service that you offer. And so you should have steps along that journey. And this is where you see people have, oh, download my free thing or watch my free webinar, right? And then they offer something that's pretty low cost so that you can feel them out and see, hey, do I enjoy hearing from this person? Do I value what they have to say? And once you buy that, then they take you to the next thing that they offer. Um, And so I think that influencers, we already have the audience. We already have amazing content. We already have the know-how because we're talking and writing and sharing about it every day. So we have to just create a process that allows us to monetize each step. So that's one thing. Um, And then the other things that I offer are, as you mentioned earlier, the sponsorships training. So I do VIP days where I sit down with you one-on-one and map out your sponsor strategy from what should go in your deck to who you should be pitching to how. And I also offer a two-day workshop on sponsorships that happens every spring. So uh, you can look out for that. And then I also do brand strategy coaching. So if you want uh, a 90-minute session just to kind of hammer out some issues that are bothering you, or we could do a full day on brand strategy. I love doing those too. It really helps me to get to know you and to really identify what makes you unique and help you stand out in uh, such a saturated market. But knowing that you have a gift that you have to share with the world. So those are my different products and services. I love it. And we will make sure we have links to everything in the show notes so that people can find you easily. Now, before we let you go, will you answer our rapid fire questions that we give to all of our interview guests? Yes. Okay. Number one, coffee or tea? Oh, tea. Easy. I am surprised. We have a lot of tea drinkers in our interviews, and I always think it's going to be coffee, and I'm always wrong. So I'm amazed. Okay. Number two, what's your favorite book? It can be business or not business. So I think I have a tie. The Hobbit. Don't laugh at me. And Little Women. Those are my two favorite books. You like the classics. I love it. Oh, I do. Question number three. What was the first thing you did to celebrate success in your business? What did you do for yourself? So this might be 
kind of cheating a little bit, but I actually reinvested in my business. And I remember actually hiring a web designer to give me a new look that was actually, was, that was professional and not done by me. So that, but maybe that's technically just for my business. So for me, oh, I'm not sure. I'm really bad at treating myself. Oh, I know. I probably three years ago, maybe more, decided that I was going to set every two weeks a nail appointment for myself because I hadn't done that before. And so I really try to keep up with that. And I Excellent. Do it Number four, do you have a word for the year? If so, what is it? It is a phrase and you can bleep it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's stop bullshit. <laughs> That's, That's a good my one. phrase for the year. Very good. Apple or PC? Apple. Okay. Now the very last one and perhaps the most important is tell everyone where they can find you. You can find me at justicefergie.com and I'm at justicefergie on just about everything. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us. This what you gave so much great information and I can't wait to hear more about the the me experience and all the different places that you'll be going this year. Thank you so much, Danielle. I appreciate it. I loved that interview, Danielle. Stacy is so great to listen to. I She's one of my favorites, really. She's somebody that I've known in the community for so long and kind of watched her from afar. So it's it's nice to be able to say, I know her and I love to see what she's done in her career. Those are definitely some career goals for sure. She's got Absolutely. such a great path. And I loved hearing about it. Well, we want to hear about what your first job was and how that's led into your career, if it has anything to do with it. So we would love to hear about that in the HQ. If you're not already a member, go to businesses.com slash HQ to join. And for show notes, you can go to businesses.com slash episode 23. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Business Ease Influencer Marketing Podcast. Please subscribe if you haven't already. If you like the podcast, we'd love if you give us a review in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your reviews help new listeners find us. If you have any questions, you can email us at questions at businessease.com. We'd really love to hang out with you in our Facebook group, the Business Ease HQ. To join, visit businessease.com slash HQ. We want to give a big thank you to our producer, Don Jackson of the Raven Media Group for making us sound so very good. Thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you again next week. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.